may I have your attention? Thank you for your attention. Yeah, well, you asked for it. <laughs> now you're calling it, and now it's back to the asinine behavior. Scream ahead, Aku. Hi. <laughs> Don't be so enthusiastic. We, we, can, we, can, we can't hold the energy here. <laughs> Finnish energy for you. <laughs> Finnish energy. It, it, it takes me back all, all those years, the, the first time that Conry approached me relating to this podcast. He was like, can somebody help me? I was like, <laughs> podcast. Can somebody, is, is somebody feeling like he, he or she could become my co-host? I was kind of like, oh. yeah, okay. Here, here, here I go again. Second, <laughs> here I go again. <laughs> second time slaving for me. It, it, it was ex- the exact same level of enthusiasm. So, uh, yeah, I'm Gary, if you didn't happen to know. My co-host is Henrik, and the guy who's actually hosting this episode, well, he has already fired us, I presume. Aku, my brother, from the same goddamn mother. Welcome back. <laughs> Allegedly from the same mother. Never proven in a court of law. But <laughs> presume it. Assuming, yes. Um, so, if you could stop talking now, I could get to my business. Okay. So, <laughs> so 176 years of podcasting and five episodes. Or was it the other way around? <laughs> and, uh, Close enough. I, I may have my notes mixed up. <laughs> but, uh, and you are from Finland, yes. Correct. Yeah, allegedly. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, so, we'll start this off by... By, uh, by asking how long is this gonna take? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, if typical uh, episode runtime is anything to ki- give you a guide by, most likely forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched any any of those, but thanks, thanks for <laughs> letting me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's okay. Neither have I. <laughs> Gosh darn it, Henrik, I think like 20 episodes ago we were discussing how we want to slash the episode length and make like less than an hour episodes and look well, look what has happened in the last episodes, we're back to the two hour mark. <laughs> well, we, 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 haven't, we, we haven't crossed the seven hour mark since <laughs> hell of <laughs> oh, <what the> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> How about those Hellraisers? How much did you enjoy them on a scale from one to zero? I, I, I think Henrik legitimately hated me after we did that episode. <laughs> and, and those movies are absolute shit for the most part. <laughs> there are some, some good ones. I'm, I'm more positive on, on the franchise than, than okay. the average show. And in this case also Calgary. <laughs> I, I see that uh, <laughs> there's a definite swamp when it comes to quality in Hellraiser franchise, but it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster. It goes really high, it goes really low, and then it gets a little bit high near the end. 
Okay, so that's the that's the that's the way we're gonna start the episode calling me Avarice Joe in the first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, I want to take this whole hour to talk about just Hellraiser movies. <laughs> that's okay. Oh my god, what is there to talk about? <laughs> we haven't yet covered the the most recent one. Uh, exactly. Do we have to? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And uh, talking about movies, you've covered too many, I would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally jaded here. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I've I was seen it to... all. <laughs> <laughs> what was the um, worst review you had to do, if not including the Hellraiser, which obviously destroyed you? Ah, that's a good question. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, uninvited with that that cat movie, that cat horror movie on a ship. I don't know if you have seen it at one point. That's not actually one of the worst movies that we have covered for sure, but no, that's, that's what no, I'm thinking. It, it, I, I remember I, I was pretty damn hard on uninvited. <laughs> but I, I too, I must confess, like... My gripes with the movie aside, it was not the worst movie that we have ever covered. Uh, I don't know actually what what would be the worst film on this podcast, because there's been so many and they have been so bad. <laughs> and it's it's probably not even zombie strippers, you horrible human being. <laughs> no, actually, I think that Zombie Strippers actually is is one of the best movies that we have covered here. <laughs> I I would like my in my my personal list of of important art in the history of human race. There was like when it comes to films, it's it's Schindler's list followed closely by Zombie Strippers. Gotcha. <laughs> Those are two quite. Quite from the same genre, movies, Schindler's List and Zombie Strippers. <clears throat> it's serious, serious business, yeah. this podcasting thing. So hmm. I'd like to ask now that, uh, like I said, 176 years later, <laughs> you all look amazing compared to that. Um, if you uh, could go back in time, would you back start in time podcast? To the... <laughs> if you could press a reset button would you do this this uh, podcast again why would i do it again we already did it <laughs> i i don't know actually knowing what i know now and then starting another podcast more or less like that right uh, uh yeah yeah of course yeah uh perhaps perhaps yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know i would look for some other things to do i mean I mean, uh, it, it's kind of a question, like if if you would, if if you would have the possibility of push the re, pushing the reset button, reset button, would you do the the flick lap again as we have done it up until this this point? And I honestly don't exactly know. Like I, despite my the, the, my constant joke here, telling how. Film podcast is is a never-ending hellscape, and I absolutely want to kill myself in the beginning of every single episode. <laughs> I I honestly don't really hate doing the flick lap. I actually quite enjoy it. But the real question is that 
some of these episodes, especially the early years, they were quite brutal. Mm-hmm. We did like an episode per week. Yeah, you mean and, the, the and pacing and what else? The, 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 the <laughs> pacing and, and the background work when we still were kind of just learning the ropes, learning how to maximize your your time when doing the background research and all of that. And like it just kind of was, it, it was kind of a tumble dryer that we were back in those days. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that amount of work, perhaps, is something that I would not choose to do a second time. Yeah, yeah. I think back in those days, we had a huge drive to try and prove ourselves as a podcast. And look at how much background research we are putting into this. And we truly did. It was freaking abysmal to the point that it probably got rid of most of the listeners as well um but you know no one was complaining about the lack of background research oh it was there and they people who were uh talking about that yeah they agreed he wasn't kidding about the background details yeah yeah and and even today like i don't know i want to say that we have cut back on doing the background research Still is is a crazy amount, but these days we have more. We, we have kind of learned how to do it at this point, like how to maximize your efficiency and what sources to use and what search terms to use in order to. And in in case of doing that, we have kind of learned how not to spend three hour, three hours of a from your day on wrong Google search terms or looking at the links and sources that in the end do not benefit you and not reading the bad reviews that don't actually have any food for your own thought and all of that. We have kind of learned how to not not to mess with that. Yeah, I have to say on my part, I'm not... I never managed to be consistent about the way I approach the background research for each episode. Like on, on For one episode, I might be reading... But uh, then other times I might be just looking at the movie as is and then coming up with my uh, thoughts on how that compares to the other movie. And it's all over the place. So I can't tell you what is my process and how I end up with the episode that I end up with then with you. But somehow we get there for better or worse. Well, that, that brings me to my next question with you said you can't answer so this is going to be great so uh the process of <clears throat> uh, picking up movie and then there are all the work behind it before you get to the episode well i know from that one episode which is probably your most liked one which i participated <laughs> in uh cheaper creepers yeah. uh i know what i did before that i watched the movie then i watched it again and i paused it did some notes then i checked out the wikipedia page that's yeah. about it so how do you guys choose the movie or who chooses it do you flip a coin and then the procedure after that before you get to the actual podcast well most of the time i pick the movies not because <laughs> i want to dominate here the decisions but but maybe i'm just more vocal about it or henrik has nothing against my suggestions sometimes i ask henrik for to provide his own suggestions and sometimes when my suggestions just plain suck then he's telling that to put the brakes and change it to something else yeah usually usually the process of choosing the movies is a complete chaos 
it's not nearly as well con- constructed process as one might perhaps think from from the films that we eventually end up covering here on the podcast, which does which does create a very well organized and orderly catalog of episodes. It's a constant shit show. Like uh, it's, it's a constant shit show. Most of the time when we stop recording the episode, then I'm like to Henrik, like, are you busy? Are you busy? Do you want to <laughs> chat a little bit? And then we go on for 300 hours about, should it be this? Or should we select these movies? Or what kind of theme we want to do? And should we go to China now? Or should we go back to America? Or should we go to Korea? And then Henrik is like, no, no more Korea, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> What were the follow-up questions? Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> after choosing the movie, what are steps after that until the point of recording of the podcast? So, like I mentioned, I obviously watch watch the movies, take some notes, but you have something probably more interesting than just that. Well, you better have something more interesting. Well, you know, it's as exciting as, you know, we watch the movies, we take notes and we push the record button. Um, but yeah, there are some some minute details there, but Henrik can go on that. Yeah, when we when we started with this, we had the habit to watch the movie like three times before uh, yeah. the recording. So the first one was a blind watch, and then we had like the the second watch during which we would take the notes, and then we would do the background work, and mostly during the background work. Or just after after the background work and just before the recording session, we would watch the movie for the third time, just to get a clear image and kind of a look at like how our notes and how our background work combines with the third watching of the movie. Like what what kind of a synergy we can find from there. These days, when we are way lazier, or at least I am. Uh, I usually check the movie twice. The first one is is the blind watch. Then I watch the, watch it the second time to, or the first one is blind watch followed by me kind of writing down my first initial thoughts and feelings about the mo- film, kind of like the cut reaction reaction that the movie got out of me. Then there is the second watch during which I take the close notes. Uh, kind of minute by minute. I I, I take the the time marks and write down like whatever piqued my mind, what I found in interesting. What is is there something that that I found perplexing that the movie does not answer? Is there some kind of question that came into my mind that I have to look up after the second viewing? And then it's it's background work. It's Wikipedia articles. It's YouTube videos. It's it's in reading the interviews of of usually the director, sometimes also the cast, but mostly just director and and writer because time is still on on a limit. Hmm. And then it's kind of like after that, it's just combining all of that, combining my own cut reaction things and. Kind of building them up into some type of a sentence, some type of a statement that I can make. Taking the background work and and the research, looking at it to my minute-to-minute notes, kind of seeing how how those play together. 
And if I have time, I try to do some reading surrounding the themes that I've picked up from the movie. Like, yeah. what would be a good example? Uh, we made, made did the Matrix episode. Matrix being heavily philosophical movie. So I did uh, I didn't manage to read like Plato completely, but <laughs> I I did read up. Uh, one book from from philosophy that mostly tackled the philosophical themes of Matrix. Yeah. Or when we were dealing with, with propaganda, I I read a book. Uh, was it Peri Vihollinen? What was the name of it? Which ba- basically was was a Finnish academic. It was a master's thesis book concerning about how the Russian people were portrayed in the Finnish wartime propaganda. And I don't remember if that was for... Was it Pretty Village or Pretty Flame? Or what was the episode for which I read that one? Mm. And then, of course, sometimes there are the, the, the direct ones, the obvious ones. Like when we did Coriolanus, which was a Shakespeare film adaptation. So, of course, we also read the original text, the play. And But but uh, can't promise that I managed to read a book for every single episode that we do. But whenever I managed to find the time, I try to also do that as a part of the background work process. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah, the, depending on the episode, it might require some kind of heavier reading. Like we've been joking that if we ever do any any films related to Bible, we would read the whole Bible. But uh, hasn't come to that point yet. There's a, there's a reason why we haven't <laughs> yeah. done it. There's also a reason why we haven't done Lord of the Rings so far. Um. Yeah, and, and sometimes we actually manage to cheat mode here a bit. Like, for example, the James Bond episodes. Mm. Uh, whenever they, they are based on Ian Fleming book, we have gone through the book. But usually there we choose the, the audio book format. And just to listen to it instead of actually reading it, because listening to it is a bit faster process, especially if you speed up the book like 1.5 speed. Yeah, yeah, I guess it. Of course, it depends from person to person, but but for me, many times that that is true, and you're kind of forced to concentrate on that and keep up with the pace that the the audio is giving you. So. Yeah, well, at least when I read, I just tend to go back and forth and back and forth. What was that? That was interesting. I'm going to read that a little bit slower than continue with the faster paced reading. So it's all over the place. But when it comes to the whole preparation, it's kind of similar to Hendrix. I usually watch the movie once, just sort of a blind watch. Might read the Wikipedia page first, IMDb page a little bit, and then just watch it. Probably not taking many notes, if any. Then second watch be a little bit more uh, note-heavy on, on that watch and then uh, start browsing the internet, find out all the interviews and th- things like that. And when it comes to rare movies, I find that a little bit more satisfying because <laughs> there's less material, of course, but I think there might be something that many people just haven't found yet, different connections or movies that that the director did in their old old days some short films that nobody freaking knows about and i just found like a 20 page korean uh, document on it and then i tried to haphazardly translate it it's all fun going digging yeah yeah so pretty much a shit ton of work goes into the uh, 
to the uh, episode before you start recording. I think our old friend Zach, he noticed that it's hella intensive. It's too much, to be honest. It's too much. (laughs) Yeah, and he started his own podcast and uh, he did that for about a year or what was it? And the last episode just came out, was it last month? And they have some new new things going on, Zach and his friend that they were doing the podcast with. So so good job guys <laughs> one year that's that's a hell of a run as well and, and all the best for you yeah and what's most Im- important when it comes to to Zach's second podcast with a gay twist it did have the the groundbreaking earth-shatteringly good nato episode where they managed to have a oh, real shit. expert <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the undersigned. It's it's it, it, it's the best discussion and, and analysis of NATO <laughs> that I've actually ever heard. <laughs> but honestly, how was it? Was it that bad? <laughs> no, no. It it honestly, honestly, it it wasn't bad. Okay. I, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All mean all mean jokes aside, I actually do think, um, like, like to be brutally honest. Oh. As as the tagline goes. It's obvious that you weren't like a deep-earned academic on the questions of NATO, or you weren't a career general who has the deep background and 15 years of research about NATO Mm. behind your back. Obviously, yeah, yeah, that that was clear as day, but it still wasn't a bad discussion when it came to NATO. Like, like if, if you don't expect that you are going to get like the academic take on the question that is NATO, if that's not your coming to point, I actually do think it's pretty damn good episode yeah, and I, pretty damn good discussion. I kind of tried to emphasize that, that I'm not any kind of expert on this subject. I didn't have enough time and considering it was probably 8 a.m. in the morning because of the damn time zones again, I had just woken up, barely had a sip of coffee. I was just completely out of my element, but something came out of it. Well, you I have watched a lot of James Bond, that. so you might be an expert. I actually... Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Any other questions? <laughs> but but what, what Henrik was about to uh, uh, finish with some very positive... Uh, Mentions about I, I, I was going to mention that I actually do recommend anyone listening to, to <laughs> our, our once again celebration episode. I actually do recommend that you honestly go out and, and listen with a gay twist. And I don't remember what was the episode number, but there is a good NATO discussion. And much better NATO discussions with, with other guests who actually know their shit in that show. There's honestly some really solid material there that might be actually worth your while so yeah yeah don't recommend it at all but (laughs) anyway (laughs) now uh uh, i thought this was gonna be just an episode of talking shit about zach i haven't ever (laughs) met the guy but seen that was the way we were going uh but yeah, kudos to you, Zach. But you made the most biggest mistake of your life leaving this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you to, to to riches and fame. Um, <laughs> 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 so 
Now you have some sort of uh, how would you call it synergy between you two. I thought mental illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and also also huge issues which which are concern of mine. But uh, but what would would you say is the best thing about each other as a podcaster or as a podcasting partner? Oh, okay. This is this kind of a love back and forth thing. Uh, Kaikki lives on a time zone, which means that when we hit the record button here in Finland during at 7 p.m., it's close to midnight at wherever Kari is living. Yeah. Meaning that after two hours, Kari is way too tired and he quickly closes his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. <laughs> That's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't ever say that I don't support you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, the be- okay, the best things about Henrik, huh? <sighs> Henrik is is indeed deeply an- analytical here, and he certainly does his goddamn research every once in a while, at least. And, uh, <laughs> he, he can go on for a 30-minute monologue here, for, for better or worse. Uh, tell you the ins and outs about, I don't know, Nietzsche, or you already have a lot of background understanding about cinema, so that that already helps. What could I say? Great, great, yeah, great Finnish sense of humor, very straightforward and no-nonsense approach, and really knows his things and comes prepared. In in all honesty, I, I do appreciate Kari's drive, and the fact that Kari, it's at times we have clashed like behind the scenes, but <laughs> even though I, 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 despite all of that, I, I do actually quite admire how Kari can actually take the lead in a lot of questions and a lot of subjects because that's not actually my forte. It's also something that shows up whenever we try to pick our our movies, and the future episodes. Kari uh, usually does the picking, and part of the reason is that I'm actually terrible at making decisions. So yeah, Kari is like the dictator of the group. Natural dictator. I I, I, I still feel the Mauser at my head here. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a gun, Kari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, what would you say, um, let's say, Henrik first, the worst thing about being a podcaster and the best thing? The worst thing about being a podcaster, I would say, uh, well, of course it takes a lot of time at the end of the day. And also, since since podcast is, it's it's an audio format where you just put stuff on the internet. There is no ever actually a real connection with with your listeners. That me- leads you into uh, somewhat into a dark and murky territory where you don't actually know who is listening and what he or she is getting uh, getting from what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Our mm. our input on our listeners it's just it's it's just statics. It's just numbers. 35% engagement, uh, more than 100,000 listeners on episode X, only 
few thousand on on episode why it's like our understanding of if if you think podcast as a sphere and we would be in the in the center of it as the content providers when it comes to everything else when it comes to the rest of the sphere our understanding of it basically just exists only on numerical facts and and different type of graphs it kind of makes it so that you constantly feel like you're talking to a void here because mm. you never actually know what's on the other end except some type of a google spreadsheet on how you did this week or how did you did this month and that's basically it's it's kind of a pain in the ass really mm. As long as you're looking at the statistics and uh, approaching the whole podcast making from that point. And I suppose that ha- hasn't been really how you've approached this from the beginning. And I'm the guy who tries to kind of follow on your footsteps here that, no, it's really not about the listeners. After all, we did do this for ourselves so that it is hopefully engaging for others as well. So that it's a passion project. It, it is, it is. And I would say that also is like the best thing on on making a podcast. The fact that it is a passion project and also the fact that you kind of can take this, you can take the podcast into a different di- directions. The the format of the Flick Lab has this one. At this point it has changed like what? Three or four times in total. And not not crucial radical format changes necessarily that many. Flicklap has not changed from a movie podcast to a video game podcast or political podcast. Mm. And we have had like one major, perhaps one major format change where we like let go of, of the, the deep dive into one episode, extremely deep dive into one film episode structure. And instead we came, became started to talk more about the roundabout themes surrounding the movie that we are talking about. But yeah. That the, if we count into minor changes, there have been like, in my opinion, three to four in total change times when the, the format has changed yeah. in in some capacity. And I do think that that flexibility is actually an advantage on the podcast it's, format. It's an advantage for at least for us, so that we gonna keep the whole thing fresh for us at least a little bit, so that we have the drive to go forwards, try something different. Mix it up a little bit. I guess the biggest change that we have done is dropping the scene by scene, which we did have in Jeepers Creepers still, but we haven't done that in several years. On one hand, that's kind of it has a beginning and an end. You can easily see where it's going, what's gonna, what we're gonna do next, and that might be engaging in its own way. On the other hand, there might be a lot of lull points where nothing really interesting is being said, or we. Uh, Gets us stuck in these uninteresting details, really. Whereas now we just look at the more overall, overall picture. At least for me, it's more interesting this way. And actually, speaking of cheapers creepers, before you get to your negatives, uh, it might have been different when I did the podcast because I was watching the movie as we did the podcast. So it's easy for me to uh, talk about the scenes. What I didn't think about is anybody else who might be listening like getting the same picture as me it could sound very off-putting to somebody 
<laughs> Especially if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. No, I think it was spot-on material. Well-deserved well language. The can that actually, actually is, a, is a running question. Uh, kind of a nagging feeling at, at the back of your head whenever you actually stop recording the episode. Or at, at least week afterwards, when the episode is is about to come out, you start to actually question yourself, what did I actually say in that episode yeah. back then? Is there something that can be actually misunderstood? Is, is there, Did I make a comment that I actually shouldn't have made? Did I make a joke about something that should not have been joked about? Like yeah. the Holocaust. <laughs> a, a really good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you think you said something that might be offensive or just kind of borderline crazy, but then you release the episode and you're like, "Huh, no reactions whatsoever." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like that. Dodge that bullet once again, <laughs> yeah. and, and then then you later on you get get the reactions, and people are like like. <laughs> what, what, what did you actually ask? Is this movie X racist? What are you retards? <laughs> yeah, I think with what we should we should do even more now is just put into the because the YouTube engagement, for example, gives us an indication that ninety five percent of listeners fuck off after the first thirty seconds. So what we should we should do is we put in those thirty seconds all the nastiest claims or claims that we are not even making in that episode and then later we kind of correct ourselves no actually we mean this well, well we don't even need to correct ourselves yeah in in in, the, in the, you know the episode comments we can just say that we never said that yeah what are you a retard yeah <laughs> that, 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 actually, actually, yes. that, that actually would be a really good trolling. <laughs> yeah, that would be. So, Carl, did you get to your negatives yet? Oh, yeah, that thing from 100 That's years a ago. <laughs> so, the negatives, editing. Absolutely have learned to fucking hate editing. It was, it was <laughs> something that I kind of loved back in like 20 years ago, just doing it as a, as a hobbyist. Nowadays, after editing 140, whatever, 176 episodes when this comes out, yeah, I'm like so fucking done with this. But <laughs> at least I've gotten a lot better at it over the years, I, I would say. Uh, we, we have tried, God knows, we have tried at points to give this editing task to somebody else in India or <laughs> wherever. <laughs> it's just never working out. It's still my baby, so... So I... you, you didn't even offer to Hendrik to do the editing. <laughs> I did. I, I, <laughs> I've actually done it, done one episode, then Kari had to go and fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, I gave the reins to Henrik, then I didn't hear anything back from Henrik, and I was like, oh fuck, I guess I should just cut this episode by myself. Then when I finally, I have edited it, mixed it, and it's ready for release, then Henrik is like, here's your episode. And I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> and then I, then I listened to, through that, make the changes, and uh, I'm like, yeah. It needs some work, but uh, I'm gonna go with your your version, basically. <laughs> so, uh, so about, about the, movies, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't yeah. don't try yeah. to go anywhere here yet. <laughs> so editing, mm. editing and uh, background work. Actually, I hate that part in many ways. Uh, but all of that is paid back when we grab the mic and it's kind of fun again. Until we, I have to edit it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so, so it's basically it's it's a like the situation is like a, it's ninety percent of of the experience. It's pain in the ass. It's complete shit. But then you have like ten percent, which is a good, good, good nice experience. That's the recording process. And like you said, it's impossible to know who are the listeners. What do they want? And why do we sometimes get so negative response on something? I guess on YouTube it's kind of clear because we just have a still image there and then there's the audio playing. So many people may not have gotten acquainted to that kind of content there. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we just suck. There's also that possibility. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's best parts is that it's also gratifying at points. It's kind of like living in a, a abusive relationship. It absolutely is. <laughs> the amount of listeners can be um, a shit ton or not at all. So I think your most viewed video is, is the uh, gods must be crazy. Yeah, it's it almost is. Half, half a mil. And, <laughs> uh, and the uh, lowest is maybe like two views or whatever. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? The... Uh, the leap is so high between the uh, the most and least. That's also been a thing that we have been tackling with. Uh, I don't know how to tackle with it really, but the problem is that we release episodes on movies that somebody has either not seen or has seen. So when somebody goes to the YouTube algorithm and then wants to search for something movie-related, they're probably... Uh, searching for something that they have already seen. They have something, some kind of a touching point on it. Maybe they want to see it in the future, but I think those might be a minority of people. So that might explain the the kind of wild shaking in the in the listener numbers, at least on YouTube. It's also the same in the actual podcast feed. Uh, so yeah. So I don't know what the, what the solution is to that. I don't think there's any solution. It's just what it is. I, I just don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> at, but I, at all. That's that's my solution. Yeah. But I think the newer format is a little bit more friendly towards that. Kind of overarching points. Not so deep dive on one specific weird movie. Yeah. And you also said this is a passion project. And... Uh... So you would do it if you had no listeners or one million listeners anyway. You know, man, <laughs> a, after a five years, you know, it kind of starts to take its toll a little bit on you, of course, that we still don't have nearly enough listeners. So I was just writing to my notes that I am committed to doing up to 200 episodes in this podcast but at that point, we need to have a, like a real heart-to-heart discussion on, on the direction. What do we want to do now? Like, is this it, or is there more things to tell, more stories to learn, more stuff to study, or is it also f- kind of a passion and uh, uh, devotion if you 
if you move from a project to another project. This is something that we haven't discussed before in this podcast, but just let's put it out there. The listener numbers are what they are. We will have to evaluate how long we wanted, wanted, want to do this and to what end. That discussion is not uh, pertinent right now, but I think we're going to have a real discussion on it when we hit around the 200 episodes. So if you want us to keep going, make sure to freaking like us and uh, listen to us and share the episodes and all that. Yeah, I, I don't really, like I said, I don't care. Okay. About the, the <laughs> listener number, so I don't have a hot take to offer. Yeah. Surrounding this team, I I approach the whole whole podcast process. I I approach the the Flick Lab as a whole from from a different angle than than looking at like we would need to, we would have to have a listeners. We would have to have some type of a mark that would show us that we ha- we are successful. It's it's something that I've I've talked with Kari before. I've asked like what is the, the driving goal for Kari personally? Why 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 you wanna do this? Why do you wanna do Flick Lab? What do you want to achieve? And for for me that was a question that I asked when I when I started doing the Flick Lab. We, before I said that okay fine I joined the progr- program I that's that was the question I asked what I want to achieve. The answer that I came to now 176 episodes ago was that that I wanted to use the podcast as a tool basically to to champion acceptance and and use the movies as a tool for that. From episode to episode, my my driving goal is is to somehow preach on the message. It doesn't matter who you are, what 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 you are, what you have done, but there is is value to all, us all, and there is a merit of accepting each other, accepting the flaws that we have, the personal flaws that that each of us carry, accepting those flaws within ourselves and and on somebody else. And I, I gotta feel like as as long as manage to do that, at least on some capacity, whenever doing doing the podcast, I actually achieved the goal that I've set for myself. I've set, stayed true to to my original mission statement. That's why I I at times on these episodes I go into to a weird ramble uh, rambling tangent on. On how this means that and that means and and we should accept this. How how Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. The main point is that we should see the hum- humanity in our enemy, and that is the only way how we can somehow achieve some type of victory. Yada 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 yada. Ba- basically, those moments are me trying to stay true to my original mission statement, and as long as I manage to do that, like. We we have 100 listeners, we have zero listeners. It doesn't really matter to me as long as I can say at the end of a recording session that, yeah, yeah, once again, I did an episode and what I said came still from the point of view that we should choose acceptance and we should accept ourselves and that the things are bigger than what, what they at first glance may appear for us to be. 
if I made to say that I'm I'm happy with the podcast uh, with the episode and I can say that I've achieved my own personal goal and because of that I'm easily I easily can do and continue doing the flick lap as as long as you know the flick lap goes on if we would uh, after the 200 episode so choose not no longer continue this podcast it would also be a choice that would be kind of easy for me to do Mm. Like I, I achieved my personal goal. I, I had a message. I, I had a hammer that I used to bash the nail. Perhaps we <laughs> we have zero listeners. It means it's a bad hammer. But I still did make an honest attempt, and I can continue using the hammer, or I can just throw it away and try to find a better hammer and move on. But mm. I kind of have that freedom. Yeah, I think. It's it's okay. It's okay. Whatever we do, every project is gonna have its kind of bookends. There's always a beginning and an end to something, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Of course, what you hear from my voice is also the frustration because I carry, of course, because I carry a lot of the tasks behind the backgrounds. I do the graphics. I do the editing. I do the publishing, uh, etc. So. That requires hours, and sometimes it is kind of a really a pain in the ass. We haven't been successful in ex- externalizing uh, these tasks. They are still everything is in house, so yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work for uh, for a hobby, at least. Yeah. But uh, I'm always happy to come along and pump those numbers up for you guys. <laughs> so I, I am pretty well known in Finland, at least. <laughs> Yeah. In my own house. Uh, <laughs> now, a uh, logical question to to all of this podcasting thing is uh, uh, why movie podcasts? Well, that's a good question. I had been thinking for a while that I want to do something, some some kind of a project that I could do with somebody. It could be like a YouTube project, could be like a podcast. Then I just needed a subject for that. Well, with the web page that we did back in the day with Henrik Vitonen.net, that was mainly for video games, but we also did have, and I think we mainly opened the the movie reviews part there because Henrik joined and he was really interested in that thing. So I started contributing also on that part. And I've been also studying kind of filmmaking and being the mighty media assistant that I am. I thought that it was kind of a natural project then to take on, as that might be the thing that you might be most well equipped to talk about. Yeah, there's de- there's definitely other things that I would love to talk about, but then I was like, yeah, why not? Why not movies? The next ne- next project for us can be a political podcast. Really. Well, 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 I've actually checked out that the, the sphere of political podcasts, the range of political podcasts. You don't actually need any type of exper- ex- experience, <laughs> nor expertise to actually do that. We have discussed this before. Like, uh, maybe we should take like two years off and get some kind of a diploma, and then start doing the I, I, <laughs> political podcast. I, I think that would already be like. Too much work, too much background work to actually, actually do a political podcast. We should we should just start one and just just go at it cold. You know, man, I have nothing against it if we would do a video game show because that might be in some ways more personal, more 
engaging for us even because we need to take the control into our hands and it could be like we play the game from beginning to end and then we discuss it i think yeah yeah the, the only problem <laughs> the only problem with that the idea of of playing the game i'm not gonna buy you the pc yeah. <laughs> well the, the, the second problem the second problem for us to play, play the game is also that games actually take quite a long time especially knowing your tastes <laughs> fucking Shenmue 3 I, I may not have 80 hours to put on a video game just, just so that I can do an episode to tell you exactly why the gaming question sucks <laughs> yeah I get that yeah and I think you would be have to have to uh, know about the new games also, not only just the first Tomb Raider and Sonic. <laughs> 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 Even though those are great games, but there's a lot of new games that have come out since 1995. <laughs> Unless we are a retro <laughs> retro gaming podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I know I dropped the ball kind of after, you know, those gaming years. My last console was Xbox 360, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you did have quite the impressive uh, collection of old games, and obviously you had a Dreamcast and uh, yeah, what else? That's Best the only one ever. I remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my first console was Mega Drive, and played Sonic Two with it. Then I got Sega Saturn. I think the following year, I was such a spoiled brat. And then I got Nintendo sixty four <laughs> a few months after that, just to keep me at home. Like so, Daddy would have more curry hours than than Mummy. <laughs> Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64. Those are the magical memories of your childhood. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, now, this is starting to become a video game podcast too fast. Let's move along. Um, now, has this? Uh, I actually asked, asked this uh, uh, last weekend for my brother, whose name is Karri. Oh. As I remember, um, has this podcast sort of ruined movies for you? Uh, no. Like, are you able able to enjoy those, or do you watch them more uh, with uh, more critically? Let's say. Well, in a more varied way, and I kind of I think movies were already ruined for me a little bit before I started my my media studies. I mean, I, I, I kind of read about the subject quite a lot and I watched documentaries, etc., etc., etc. So I knew how kind of things are made. But this podcast, what this podcast has brought to the table is maybe more patience with movies, more love for many different kinds of genres, finding a lot of really interesting background stories or themes in different movies. Just watching movies has probably become more interesting and more richer after all this kind of digging. Definitely, I think. And for me, the best part about this making this podcast might actually be the, all the, the history that we sometimes have to go through related to the episode. Maybe like Pretty Village, Pretty Flame, that's an easy example. We had to read about Bosnian war. Uh, otherwise, it would have been a complete nightmare with our guest from from serbia so we really needed to know our basic things at least so learning about the world learning about history of the world and (laughs) opium wars and weird stuff like that yeah i wouldn't say that the flick lab has 
has spoiled movies for me. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Kari on, on the fact that without the podcast, I wouldn't do so much research into every movie that I see. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I wouldn't look at the historical facts behind behind most of the movies that I would watch. And that's also kind of the, the current case, that whenever I watch a movie that is not for the flick lab, I don't do as, as heavy background research. I perhaps do a, do a quick Google around after after seeing the flick, but nothing with the intensity of of the, of the flick lab episode. Um, but the flick lab has kind of affected my my movie watching or movie consuming habits in the sense that since we watch so much, well, a kind of hard hitting stuff on on the lab. I kind of don't have the energy to watch so much <laughs> much hard movies and, and artistic movies and abstract stuff out, outside of the lab anymore. So usually whenever we are, are on, on a break, which usually happens during summer and, and then the Christmas breaks, I don't watch movies. I usually just watch age-old TV shows. Or if, if, I, if I watch movies, I watch something, some... Absolutely mind-numbingly stupid. Turn your brain off. Adam Sandler. <laughs> you, you mean, you, yeah, that's a that's a that's a bridge I'm not willing to cross. <laughs> except except uh, well, wedding singer. I actually do think is pretty damn good. Yeah, that's great. Adam Sandler. American stuff is what you seem to gravitate towards on those breaks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of American stuff. Uh, that's when I, I catch up on, on my Marvel oh my. and whatever <laughs> has happened. Star Wars, easy to consume, sci-fi, trash, trashy old 80s action movies. Not not diehard, but like the diehard wannabes. Those are the kind of the folder <laughs> that I watch on breaks if I watch movies. One of the best Christmas movies ever. <laughs> it, it's a, it's, a, it, it's one of the best love stories I've seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right after uh, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie? Like my father is a Turbo Man or whatever. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 what's your, um, it's kind of odd question maybe, but what is your opinion on movies and has it changed? And what I mean is, um, uh, I think they should be just something to take your mind off the horrible, horrible shit that goes on in the world. Or should they always have some sort of, sort of a deeper meaning to you? What, what does movies sort of mean? Do they have a meaning beyond that they just keep you distracted for a while? Or should do you think they they I, should have like a deeper meaning in them? Well, yes and no. I think some of the best movies are the ones that you actually rem- remember five minutes after leaving the cinema. So mostly that counts Marvel gave shit out. Uh, <laughs> I do enjoy movies with with a meaning. They don't have to have an inherent meaning. It can only be about the visual style, even if it's something really artistic. If it speaks to you, fine, it speaks to you. We've had a lot of movies in this podcast that, you know, are really on the border of you either enjoy it because you like it visually or just audiovisually or or you just don't. 
and it's purely about aesthetics. Okay. Because uh. <laughs> you can't do this t- stuff sober. It's <laughs> not uh. just a stupid question. You had to take a drink. <laughs> For me, actually, the question is not stupid. The question actually is quite complex. And here so, goes. So, so here, here, here we go. See you 30 minutes later, guys. <laughs> For me, movies, they, they haven't had like a complete turnaround. They, they haven't changed. There hasn't been like a 180 degree change in how I see movies. But movies have changed for me when doing this podcast. I used to be more more liberal, perhaps more accepting with with the whole idea of movies. I used to think think that that all movies basically can exist. No harm, no fall. No matter how how bad or how insidious the film and its messaging would be. I I used to think that it's okay because movies are basically they are works of fiction. The context where the movies exist, it's, it's, it's a fictional context, so what's the harm? And while doing the podcast, I've kind of come into view that question. I've not necessarily changed my mind, but I have been asking myself that question a hell of a lot more. Because we have tackled some movies, some really, really bad and hateful flicks here on, on the podcast. The, perhaps the most most hurtful and the most dangerous one that that we have covered would birth be, of a nation uh, yeah birth of a nation and that's that's a film I, I didn't if if memory serves correct I didn't call the movie to be banned nor censored and I I still don't believe in banning and censoring movies no. but those also those are the times where I really have to ask like can a movie also be a dangerous tool yeah. to, to spread hateful messages? Because as, as I've done it, I, I kind of had, I had the layman's ex- understanding that, yeah, movies are a form of, of, of making a connection between, you know, you as a filmmaker and your audiences. And through that connection, the filmmaker can send a message to the audience. I kind of had a layman's understanding of, that yeah, this this, is, this happens. I had a layman's understanding that yeah, movies can be used as a as a tool of propaganda, etc. But I hadn't really tackled with the question before doing the flick lab. I hadn't really go, done the deep dive into how effective movies actually can be in in portraying and conveying a message to somebody else. And that's actually something that the flick lab has changed for me. And to to come to your second question, are, are movies always always some deeper art? I actually do think that they are, even when they don't try to be, or when they don't try to have a message. I actually do think that they accidentally still have. It's it's something that we have talked about in in the episode before, but I in in the movie audience sphere. We in the recent years we have had this cry 
for apolitical movies and apolitical art. We have had discussions about how political ideas in, in your art, be it movies, books, video games, what have it, how it actually ruins the, pro, uh, the product and, and how people are craving for non-political video games and films. And in Curse of the Flick Lab, I, my, my point of view has grown stronger that there is no such thing as an apolitical art. Every piece of art, every film, they always carry some political message, even if they wouldn't say it out loud. But even in the basic framework of the film, it carries some type of a political message. There's good guys, there's bad guys. And already that framing is a political message. Who are the bad guys? Who are the good guys? Dirty Harry 3 wouldn't need... Well, it says outright that, that, you know, homosexuals are the bad guys and Harry has to shoot the gun down. But even if it hadn't had that direct line, through visual messaging and implication, it was still ended up saying that. Much like uh, the, the Dirty Harry as a franchise does not say that, you know, colored people are bad and, you know, white men should gun them down, but when you watch it, most of the criminals are... Uh, most of the, th- the street-level thugs that en- end up being the cannon fodder for, for bank heist scene are colored. So... There are always a political messaging going on in the film, even if you don't intend it. And therefore, I actually do think that there is no really such thing as as just plain for pleasure, just plain for entertainment political messaging. Karim mentioned Marvel cape shit, but Marvel (laughs) cape shit itself also is... It's a a goddamn... it's, It's a celebration of American exceptionalism. And it's it's a celebration of American values. It's a celebration of a black and white view of seeing the enemy. And I, I don't make the claim that, that cape shit is somehow, Marvel cape shit is somehow smart and and, and deep cinema. No, it's, it's popcorn movie fodder. Make no mistake. But even that still has a political message in its heart. Yeah. yeah it's Disney propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, th- it's it's also it's also that it's also corporate propaganda. It's also yeah. things that that the praise of the corporation that made to produce it. Yeah, sometimes we've discussed uh, kind of lengthily what we should be allowed to be discussed in this podcast, or, or whether it's giving exposure to some things that we really wouldn't want to give exposure to, su- such as. Films like Cannibal Holocaust, where actual live animals are being tortured, or or whether we want to discuss even Chinese propaganda films, uh, whether that's somehow problematic, or propaganda films that are obviously propaganda films, not just under the surface. Something that I've tackled with in this podcast is, is that at the end of the day, I see movies really always as some sort of an entertainment and therefore i think it begs the question is it valuable for us to be discussing on and on and on about something that is very subjective is art does talking about art mean anything or is it just because some people say that talking about movies is just just retarded it doesn't serve any purpose because it's so subjective could be what I tried to do here originally, though, was to have something 
in, on the platter that is not so subjective, some kind of a factual uh, aspects that we could find from the movies. But you quickly find that, yeah, it's also very, very hard to do that. And like Henry kind of said there, there's no movie that doesn't have a, a perspective, really. Every movie is propaganda on some level, even those war movies that we've discussed a bunch of them where it tries to frame it as such that it has uh, like a neutral perspective on the events. And in, in that sense, the camera wants to be only as a kind of an observer of things that did take place. But no, the, the way that you put your camera somewhere, that's already a statement. The, everything's a fucking statement. So yeah. So yeah. And another thing to throw into the pile is the aspect of movies and money and how money corrupts movies. And yeah, there's a lot of films out there that just don't deserve a single moment of discussion. Maybe a short one on the aspect of how big money can ruin movies. It's funny you brought that up because I had a question here that was, uh, has there been any movies you would not review? ever and i think you brought up cannibal holocaust which is of course a masterpiece <laughs> we it uh, is. we weren't <laughs> meant to not, well is. we were meant to not discuss it but then we discussed whether she, we should discuss it and then we bloody well did <laughs> um, i i don't know if there uh, is at the end of the day a movie that we would not necessarily review but there are movies where I think that if if we would be interested in, in covering them in the podcast, we would have to have a lengthy discussion. Should we do it or should we not? That the closest example that I can give where we would have to have this discussion. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do the episode. Nazi propaganda documentaries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those would be like like something like like Lenny uh, Lenny and Stars, uh, the the Triumph of the Will. Uh, like that would be. I'm not saying that that that's that's a no go zone. I I would refuse to do that episode. I would refuse to talk about that film. Not not saying that, and I'm not saying that that's a film that we shouldn't necessarily cover in the podcast. But that's a film that. Before we make the decision, we would have have to have a long discussion about the question, should we actually do that? Because well, Kari mentioned the, the responsibilities that go into, into filmmaking. There's also a responsibility for us as a podcast hosts. That's something that I also learned when, when doing the Flick Lab. Because we also are content creators, and as content creators, we also put our ideas, we put our ideas into whatever that, that is that the podcasts go. Ether. <laughs> ether. We put our e- ideas into e- into the ether. And as such, we also do have like responsibility, like what are the ideas that we put there? What are the the talk the things that we will be discussing, and then through our discussion we enforce them in the ether. Like if we would make a Nazi documentary episode, which I'm for the record I'm not saying we shouldn't do or I would refuse to do it, but if we would do it someday, it would also 
partly being, it, it would be an act of us carrying over the legacy of those documentaries and it would be us enforcing those documentaries and in a way it would also us enforcing the intended legacy of the Third Reich. Even if we would, in the end, in the episode, we would tarnish the, 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 those films, we would tear them down and we would say that they are horrible trash, whatever it is, but we would still be, do the act of carrying the torch for those films and yeah. spreading the word for those films. And in that part, we do have some responsibility. Yeah, we have to we have to have a point for that. Why are we discussing these movies? Yeah. And, and and that point would have to be contrasted against like what is the gamble that we are doing? We what what is the gamble that we are taking? I actually know the answer deep down. We want some more listeners. <laughs> well, you know then by all means to do Nazi documentaries. But like those films those films have an intended goal, or they had an intended goal implanted onto them by by the Nazi regime, yeah. and, and by giving now e- even though the regime itself has ended, and and you know Hitler and Goebbels and and all the Yahoos they are all long dead, but but still they they had an intent for the legacy. The Nazi documentaries were part, they, they were meant to be a part of the legacy of the Thousand Year Reich. And even though that Reich itself has ended, but, but the intended goal still exists in the framework of those films. They were supposed to be the torchbearers for the Reich. And if we shine a light on them now, we kind of are upholding the possibility of the legacy, of those films having the legacy and through the films, there's some notion, some some fantasy of the long lost Reich still having having some 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 strength. Exactly, and I think the uh, it was disgusting how this Hitler impersonator Charlie Chaplin continued his horrible work all these years. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now I had this. Uh, Fun, fun question. This should be a quick one. So, if you uh, had an unlimited budget and crew, you could do whatever you want. What sort of a movie would you make? I had this idea that because I I have not thought this completely through myself. I I've just had these little inklings of what I would like to do. So I just thought about it two minutes. <laughs> uh, it would be an escape movie. I would like to shoot it in Lisbon and it would be something that first is an escape movie but would evolve into more territories. It would be kind of a meditation piece about the meaning of life and the crumbling of authority for the young and poor people, the institutions crumbling down in their eyes and also something about kindness received during hardships. So. Kind of like all over the place. Yeah, that's what I feel like doing right now. Let's go, Henrik. Okay, because I my answer would have just been, you know, pornographic religious Chiavo. <laughs> hey. A sequel to Chompy Strippers. Hey, let's combine those. <laughs> I'm, I'm all game. I'm all game. Let's go. Idea. <laughs> I, can, I can write a script. Uh, so, um... 
Yeah, thanks for the answers. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> I thought this would be the longest question <laughs> you would have to answer. I guess not. <laughs> Looks like we haven't quite figured this out. Like, <laughs> yeah. If we would drop the podcast, then we'd, we would be like, oh, yeah, let's do something. Five years go by. No, not really finished yet. Yeah, but it includes full frontal nudity and uh, absolutely uh, escape from somewhere. Uh, now you've had some great guests on the show, and not so great, but uh, <laughs> we won't name them <laughs> here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, who would you like uh, as a guest? And I would say. Um, Obviously, you could you could just choose. Oh, I want Leonardo DiCaprio, but let's stay in uh, our demographic. We could reach actually maybe. Is there some some uh, podcasters or movie reviewers you'd like to have on the show or or something like that? No, I, I'm <laughs> I'm content. I don't need to have any anyone. Doesn't matter if it's Leo DiCaprio or like such a, such some random guy that I made in, in a street and happens to be Korean and it would be perfect for that Korean episode. Uh, yeah, that actually happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, no no passions for, for guests right now. That, yeah, that I'm makes on, me I'm we- feel welcome. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs> no <welcome>. problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't have any must-have guests here. I mean, in the past, our guests have been have been great. Well, well. you you of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, I I have no bad word to say about our guests as as a guest as as persons. Perhaps there there are some political views. Mm. I didn't exactly share with them, and and on that regard, they can burn in hell forever. <laughs> All I care, good riddance. <laughs> but as as guests, they have been. When we started, I kind of was like, oh yeah, yeah, we we have to have like industry professionals and and prof- professors, film film professors here as guests. Like that's that's the ticket. That's how we get good answers. But. After X number of guests, I kind of saw the error of my ways. I was like, yeah. But basically, <laughs> it's 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 a guest per episode. In the end, you you can't get a you can't get a guarantee of a quality episode, even if it's an industry professional. If even if it would be, you know, I don't know, your Kevin Smith or Martin Scorsese, you know, you you could have an interview and it would be absolutely terrible interview with them, and then the only only thing that you would get out of it would be like the episode title, the possibility that you could say that yeah we are interviewing Martin Scorsese, yeah, clickbait, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the clickbait, yeah, and yeah that would be fun, that would be fun, but still like bad interview is a bad interview, and you can get a really good, really in in-depth interview with a, with just some some guy that Curry found found on the Philippines or wherever <laughs> who was forced but, to do a podcast <laughs> yeah 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 it's ex- exactly that I kidnapped him from the Starbucks and brought him home 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm of course happy to do those episodes going forward now that we have this kind of giving back mentality going on here. And we're going to do some of those uh, uh, indie films or what have you. And we'll be happy to have some filmmakers from those projects to, to come to us. Yeah, yeah. And you uh, always have me. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Also, we, we did touch on it a little bit on the Cheapers Creepers episode that uh there was a lot of touching there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah by the uh, direct director also but uh uh, <laughs> uh we just touched upon about the fact that i was supposed to be doing this uh, podcast originally i think i think you, <laughs> you asked me first to do this it's true this uh podcast and uh you went to the second best after me, me and uh, and, and, and uh, Henrik was the third one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I remember. I was first. I was sort of excited to to join it. Then I, I think it was just uh, I felt the lack of time time to do the podcast. And I think what I've heard from me. Uh, everything you do before the podcast yeah i might have been right well, <laughs> with played. the lack of, lack of time <laughs> but uh dodged a bullet there but uh <laughs> but i it is fun to show up once in a while when i can i was supposed to do the uh, halloween ends but uh hurt my back and i was basically comatose for a while there as at least that's what i said <clears throat> and uh well, it was a fun episode anyway. Now we've gone over an hour because this is this is <laughs> such such fun. Uh, we're gonna do a sort of a quick fire round at the end where I ask just some short questions quick and short answers, please. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if somebody uh, asks you advice. They want to start a podcast about movies. What sort of advice would you give them? Oh, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, if, if I can't convince you not to do it, then please be damn sure that you hit the specific niche if you want any listeners. Be extremely original. And even then, probably no one will find you. Yeah. That perhaps would be also my my advice like at this point it's it's easy to, to think that oh my god yeah i'm going to start a podcast i'm going to be super famous then i'm going to get, get patreon and it's going to make me money and then whatever i'm going to buy a chrysler or what have you <laughs> no that podcasting but, is not the money maker really there's very few podcasts that do that yeah, podcasting is not the money maker at this point the podcasting itself i don't know actually what to call it there are podcasts like weeds everybody has a podcast and at this point like because because podcasts have become so also so industrialized it means that basically the competition is off the charts directors have podcasts actors have podcasts Sound technicians have podcasts, and those podcasts can get directors and actors and sound te- technicians as their guests. So if you are just, you know, upstart nobody, like me and Kari, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but you kind of are a shit out of luck. And, you know, on top of that, 
the media empires, New York Times, the Boston Globe, what have you, they all have podcasts, mm. podcasts, and they have the money to also invest on their podcasts. So, and with the money, they get guests and they get production value. So, I'm not saying don't do podcasts. I'm just saying, you know, don't count your life on on the podcast. Don't hang your dreams on. I'm gonna do a podcast and it's gonna be super super successful, and then I'm gonna have a Patreon, and then I'm gonna move move out of my mom's house because, as evidently, <laughs> the odds are you are not gonna make it. Still paying rent to my mom for the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, Joe Rogan has given people false um, false hope that podcasting could make you some money. Uh, Joe Rogan and X number of other people, yeah. There, there, there was the heydays of podcasting, the, the golden age of podcasting, which is now years gone. I would say it was something like... Well, six or seven years when podcasts were the new hot thing. And if you managed mm. to hit it back then, you managed to be on the first wave, then good luck. You most likely your podcast was, was largely, largely successful. But at this point, podcasts are like fucking YouTube channels. Everybody has a content channel and there is a content channel for absolutely everything. Or podcasts are like Facebook profiles or emails. Everybody yeah. has one. <laughs> You are it's you are more of a freak if you don't have a podcast at this point. So basically, the money value of podcasts has dropped. Way too much saturation on the so-called market. So yeah, even if your product is amazing, as of course this is, yeah, they will not find you. People will not find you. They will rather go to the New York Times podcast, most likely. Yeah, it's a podcasts are great as a hobby and as a passion project, or if. If you have like some type of a goal you wanna have, like I, I wanna preach to people to, to be more tolerant, you know, then by all means do a podcast. But yeah, don't yeah. choose podcasting as a living, please. But let's don't. continue this quick firing questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, these are not the quick fires yet. Okay, I'm just getting to it. Uh, but yeah, I think YouTube as a whole is uh is a bad career choice. There's just uh, those people who actually make it on YouTube, not to mention podcasts. It's, it's a small amount of people who actually make it. And it's, yeah, it's, and even um, even if you're successful on YouTube, then the next day Google can decide that I think we're gonna demonetize you for yeah. some yeah. random reason, and then you've had to fight the nail and tooth for them for I don't know several months, years, yeah. until they maybe. Uh, walk back on on that decision and you maybe get back your business so in that sense youtubing is not really a career it's just some additional income that can be subject to completely being cut off at any second yeah the, the, the beauty beauty by profits are long gone at this point yeah you can make a yeah. make a living at, in in youtube that is is a possibility for you, but like Kari mentioned, it's extremely flimsy, and you're constantly under Google's mercy. Yeah. And you know the YouTube market also is completely oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's why the great advice would be to, uh, if you want to do YouTube videos or podcasts, whatever, 
if you, uh, because you like to do it, yeah, then fine. Just don't expect anything. Mm -hmm. And you might get it, but I mean, just don't don't expect anything back from it. Yeah, pretty much. And especially with podcasting, I think it's true what they say in some articles that if you have been there out there for two years, nah, doesn't mean a thing. Three years, maybe you get somewhere. Five years, still waiting. Mm, yeah. Well, maybe in ten years we'll do this again and uh, <laughs> we'll see where we are. Um, is a YouTube profile at that point. We're <laughs> some, some video shit. With oh, funny cat videos. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've been kind of exploring that kind of things. Bring just some <laughs> stupid content on, on YouTube that just doesn't have any yeah. artistic merits or value or anything. It's just there <laughs> in the YouTube shorts. like Fun facts just... about women. Women are yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> you could do some pranks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Flick lab the prank channel. <laughs> Jackass. Uh, now uh, we talked about Marvel and Disney, so I'd like to talk about Hollywood today and the uh, the the amount of of uh, well remakes, of course, but. Also, just uh, how bankrupt is is uh, Hollywood movies these days? <clears throat> and um, well, I, I think the re I mean the ideas are just just so bankrupt these days. And I think the remakes are a great great point to make about that. Well, of course, there's a political issue that's driving the cause that they want to replace, let's say, Snow White with not so white. Snow and uh, and all all of these remakes with uh, with uh, casting made purely based on the looks of the uh, characters or or people and uh, also I think very little little anything new is coming out everything's ripped off from somewhere or remade or whatever mm. and yeah it's it's fucking tiresome but then again. <laughs> I've seen a lot of these so-called remakes, and uh, I've, I've, I'm, I've had it. I, I, I don't need to watch them anymore. I don't feel like I'm missing out anything if I don't see the new version of Snow White, new version of Lion King, or whatever the case is. But people seem to gravitate towards them, so okay, more power to them. Disney seems to be doing what people want to see. Fine, but... Uh, it's just recycling ideas that were kind of dear to us 20 years ago, 30 years ago when we were kids. And now they're just there again. Idea-wise, bankrupt. Is it making bank? Yeah. Would I watch it? Fuck no. So. Yeah, I, I don't actually see that as a, as a cheap peak of a problem. Mostly because it's a problem that you Hollywood has always had. Hmm. They, they have done, done it's, it's the, the remakes now they are just a new face on the old problem Be, before this it was it was the, the constant sequels which were basically the first film just remade your home alone twos home alone threes what have you um, the casts have always been chosen by by the looks. Just to look at the, the career of Steven Seagal, who couldn't act for the life of him, but happened mm. to look like a badass. So you know, good luck. <laughs> uh, 
a career for you. Look at the, the early years of Van Damme, who barely got, you know, but, managed to, to speak English. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger, who just happened to be... Guys, it's it's not even really about the, the sequels themselves or, or remakes. It's even the style in which those films are made. Even something like Oppenheimer. I mean, the subject in itself is interesting. I haven't seen the movie, but I plan to see it in a week if it's still in the theaters here. Just the kind of the trailer-esque visuals that go to the Hollywood filmmaking these days, they are all, as we, I guess, say in Finland, carved from the same wood, style-wise, space-wise, structure-wise. You kind of know what to expect. Going to the movies is kind of boring nowadays. Yeah, but again, going to the movies has always been kind of boring. Oh, yeah? That, that, that's been the problem. Um, because because Hollywood also have, has done done the exact same thing. Like you, you talk about, mentioned the, the visual language of Oppenheimer, the mm. tra- trailer-esque visual language of the movies of these days. That's not a new problem either. That's kind of mm. always been there. Much in the same way, like we ha- we had that wave of of the teenage slasher films, following Scream, which was followed by the American remakes of Japanese horror films. At one point, now Hollywood is remaking its own cartoons as live action features. <sighs> like it's a it's a it's a constant shit show. It's it's been there in in for for decades. Yeah. The, 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 the Disney live-action remake phase is is nothing more. It's a, it's a new paint job on an old problem, which is the fact that Hollywood has always been ideally bankrupt. We have the occasional golden age, yeah, which usually is 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 a result of some type of a catastrophe inside of Hollywood. Um, Hollywood movies did not make money. They were not co- uh, people didn't go see Hollywood. Hollywood prime prestige dramas. So Hollywood in- invented Oscars. Well, the intention f- flopped again, but there has happened to be a few really really prestigious drama directors like your Michael Ciminos. So Hollywood came up with the next plan, like we give these directors unlimited budgets. That's when you get your Heaven Skates and your Apocalypse Nows and etc. Except those films managed to bankrupt Hollywood. So Hmm. Hollywood was once again crumbling within itself and in that almost bankrupt nature nature, uh, stage of Hollywood, we get now the outdoor directors, which is the time era of of Scorsese's and what have you. So we are just riding the wave, and now Hollywood is coming to a second bankruptcy once again. The the films are flopping, the the Hollywood, the the way how Hollywood operates, the, the business scheme is no longer working, your, your Oppenheimers are not making enough money to bankroll the other films, so Hollywood itself is is financially unsustainable at this point. I think it's going to have to change, and we're going to get another golden age at some point. Yeah, idea-wise, totally corrupted and bankrupt. But what what I think I see over the years is just the constant fine-tuning and tweaking, the fine-tuning and fine-tuning and fine-tuning of 
every single thing so that you can keep the terrible attention span of of modern viewers especially just just fine-tune all the things that seem to work so that you can maximize your potential for for bank that that's about it i i, su I suspect that this is getting worse and worse now that we have ai we're gonna get some nice suggestions from the ai how the structure of the movie should go so, so that we keep the attention and get reviews yeah i i actually I do think that that's going to lead us into a temporary dark age with Hollywood, the, the AI technology. But I don't think it's going to forever change the Hollywood. Yeah. It's going to it's going to slump once again. There's going to be another financial crisis in Hollywood, and then they are going to somehow once again ditch the AI. I strongly believe it. AI. I. I look at AI in very much the same way as was the CGI renaissance in Hollywood films, where every single movie would have like a godless amount of CGI. And now we have like movies like Oppenheimer and directors like Nolan who are celebrated for the fact that they refuse to use CGI and are using practical effects. So it's kind of like Hollywood likes to go on a turbo drive on one thing. And it drives it as long as it can, as hard as it can, and then it just completely fumbles it. It comes, and it's a flaming dumpster fire at the end, which is the point when Hollywood once again kind of reforms itself and somehow fixes itself. Yes. And we once again get a couple of years of good movies as a result. Yeah, this I guess the cycle involves just forgetting that the story, the story is is king. You, you mm -hmm. kind of forget that and then you think the CGI or whatever the storytelling tools are the most important thing phase and then it comes back back around again that yeah actually I think we should concentrate on stories and use the AI and the CGI and whatever different storytelling tools you have as kind of the supporting tools to tell your story but God forbid I think we're gonna have directed by ChatGPT4 <laughs> don't forget about yeah, that yeah. Could be, the, uh, could be. 3D era with fucking Saw 3D. Friday the 13th was in 3D. Mm. Just fucking horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we can now go to the quick fire rapid questions. Okay, bring it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, start with the obvious ones. And I know it's always hard to choose just one. But uh, let's start with favorite movie. Oh no! I don't have one. <laughs> Next, <laughs> uh, impossible question. Next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you do you want to kind of put some more, you know, some genre or some more detail on that question? Maybe I could try nah. something. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave the thinking to you. Zombie strippers. Next. <laughs> Favorite movie you've seen this week. Favorite movie would, would be. I've only seen Oppenheimer, so oh. I'm gonna jump yeah. straight ahead into Oppenheimer camp. It's actually, honestly, also a pretty good movie. Okay. Not necessarily like I, I'm not promising to Curry that it will forever change his life, and Damn. I make no guarantees that Curry necessarily wouldn't be disappointed by the flick because at the end of the day, is a Hollywood biopic. 
of a historically important man, but I hugely liked it. Okay. <laughs> mm, during the last week, <laughs> what have I been even watching? I did watch the TV series Heartstopper. <laughs> um, let me just consult on my letterbox if I marked anything here worth of interest. Well, I did watch the Clint Eastwood movie in the line of fire and I thought it was kind of shit. I know hot take. I know. I also watched for the first time Steven Spielberg's Munich and I was like, yeah, well, not good enough. Thanks for trying though. Thanks for trying. So, uh, that's about it. <laughs> okay. What a great fucking answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe this is a bit easier. Favorite genre of movies? <laughs> Not very easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, horror for me. I, I think it's... Uh, most, of, most of the horror films, by God, they are shit. And absolute trash. Yeah. I'm yeah. not denying that. A horror film is is plagued by bad examples. But I do think that it's it is the genre that has the most potential because horror deals with fantasy. So and in in that fantasy framework, you can basically deal with any topic, and you don't have to restrict yourself into things like realism or presentation or anything else you can go as wild as you want mm, true mm. well i used to love mainly horror movies but i think after those movie festival thingies that we had about 10 years ago i just kind of if that's fair to say kind of outgrew most of horror films because <gasps> it, it, it started to get you. so goddamn hard to find good horror movies where I was at the point that I'm not really even happy with these movies that we selected for for the event. So it doesn't have to be you know slasher movies, of course. But I got tired of the violence that comes with it most of the time, and most of it is shit. But when there's some yeah. some good horror, yeah, all game for that. I don't really have a favorite genre per se, but. I hugely seem to enjoy escape movies, escape from prison, prison escape from the police, whatever. I, I enjoy the chase. <laughs> and do, do you feel like you are trapped in your life? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm anti-authority, I guess a bit. <laughs> Always been. My ne- next question actually would, would have been, what are you running from? <laughs> 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 now, uh, I have to say about horror, it's also my favorite genre, and I think the good thing about horror is I like even the shitty ones, so there's a lot to like. In your perfect world, this is a bit odd, but uh, who would win, Freddy or Jason? <laughs> Freddy, of course. Freddy, J- yeah. J- J- Jason is... Uh... Jason is a copy of a copy of a copy character. 
I will not have, have this slander in my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure movie. Ah, hmm. James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. No, no, actually, actually, Prometheus. Prometheus is even more guilty pleasure for me because Prometheus I can watch a second time. But Avatar was so goddamn mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> Avatar would be hate watching, but, but guilty pleasure, Prometheus. Mm, definitely Mission Impossible too. Mm. Yeah, it's quite yeah. fun. Let's go with that. I think I'm gonna go with the Adam Sandler movies. Um, best soundtrack on a movie. <laughs> best. <laughs> Uh, the aforementioned Mission Impossible 2 does have a freaking yeah. solid soundtrack. I've always said that. Hans Zimmer on <clears> fire, <throat> so that's one. And I also love a lot of Hans Zimmer, surprise, surprise. I love the Last Samurai soundtrack. Absolutely gorgeous. Also uh, with Tom Cruise. We've also with Tom Cruise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else? From James Bond, of course, it's easy to pick something. Mm, let's say... Uh, uh, the, actually, Live and Let Die. It's not done by John Barry, who usually does the soundtracks. It's, it was done by the ex-Beatle guy, uh, George Martin. That, that's such a, such a fun soundtrack. Just so playful and energetic and awesome. I, I, I was going to go with a last caution... And mm. Alexandre Desplat all together, but since since Carrie mentioned mentioned Hans Zimmer, I I think I in you know in all respect to Carrie, I have to pick one of his favorite directors here. So <laughs> I will go with Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, at least at least I remember it has a lot of horns. You seem to love them, Henrik. <laughs> me, me, me and Hollywood, and how could the two of us be wrong? A lot Inception. In, Inception horns. After yeah. that scene in every single trailer. Every single trailer. <laughs> uh, what about our favorite director? <sighs> I honestly can't pick this one either. Well, well, who's the uh, the goddamn director of the that helped you quite a lot? Let me see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but there there's a lot of a lot of indie or artsy directors that I do like. If I would have to pick something from the mainstream, I guess David Fincher is one of those directors that just has a very, really hard time of delivering a bad movie. So let's say David Fincher. Has managed to still do that. Yeah. The game. Actually, I did kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, uh, also known, known as the snooze. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd like your opinion on this, but I would say the greatest. Oh, well, not the greatest, but favorite director is Quentin Tarantino. I don't think there's any movies that I don't like from him. I think there's plenty <laughs> of movies that I don't like from him. Yeah, yeah, moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> now, uh, how about a favorite uh, rider? Huh? Honey rider. What are we talking about? 
screenplay writers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did you hear? <laughs> like a horse rider or what? Yeah. <laughs> English isn't isn't my native language if you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely mine. Uh, I will give this to Dominic Othnan Girard. Of Halloween Five fame. Mm. I I once again, it's it's impossible to actually name just one because uh, like, like with directors, so like with everybody else, you can get a whole bunch of great work, and then no, nobody ever lands on just a pure home run. Everybody has has one move, at, at least one thing that's not perfect. Except Nothing else when when compared to you know their previous ones and go ahead, Corey. Thank you, because nothing compares to. Are you ready for the Finnish film adaptation of Terminator Two? That guy was pretty good. <laughs> well, we, we we can't talk about that since you know that that director Shalas writer did only one movie. <laughs> But I, 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 I don't know, I don't know. On top of my head, perhaps Aaron Sorkin. Once again, I have to save this and say um, Stephen King or Wes Craven. But yeah, I think that's about it for my quick fire round. Now, it was very quick. <laughs> uh, some some last minute thoughts about uh, you have any special thanks to give from this journey of yours through five years or I, I, I or would animals. like to I would like to thank God and alcohol <laughs> and my mom <laughs> not necessarily in that order no because your mom is not listening to the podcast right <laughs> <laughs> neither is God <laughs> <laughs> but 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 they're bankrolling my my stay in mom's basement. That's a hell of a lot in this game. Uh, of course, we're thankful for, for our guests. Magda Hutnu has been here a couple of times. Our Polish guest, extremely well-researching uh, person. Anas, Mitch, Tom, Annie. We can't spend a lot of time on everyone. So, Bayaman and Kenny in that Kyrgyzstani episode <laughs> they were really funny I just remember some moments they, they would really go out of their way to make people laugh so appreciate that Sebastian, Tom Franklin, Taiki Yoshikawa Sho Watanabe uh, Onsei Sedlar, <laughs> Sedlar more or less I can't pronounce Czech for the life of me Daniel Tarade, Annika Grof Joon Tervakari, Runar Thor Asker Sigurdsson Alistair Pitts, Mladen, Jana, Nezar, Andari, Alison Kilkenny, Zachary Bird, uh, Petro from Plansic Wounds, fantastic episode, Nick Vakey and Luke Liu from Mint Volcano. They're going to be in the next episode. So stay oh tuned to that. Yeah. And Zachary, of course, as our ex host, thank you very much for your contributions. And somebody called Akumakela. And who is that? I don't know. <laughs> must, then, be, must be a fluke mistake. 
<laughs> Last but not least, Haley Sandstorm. Sandstorm, thank you for tuning in and being in one of our episodes as well. Now, closing to the end. Uh, in your opinion, what's your uh, greatest achievements of all of this this massive success? Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say is your greatest achievements yet? Managing not to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To keep it going, to have 471k views in the gods must be crazy. Even though that listeners probably left the video at the one minute mark or 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, just just to actually keep it going, that's that's the biggest achievement for five years. Uh, for my end, it would have to be the people that we have made to get as as our guests. Well, that's the sweetheart approach to say, yeah. Yeah, and and technical for technicality that also has to has to include you, Aku. But yeah. uh, I I don't know. In in all honesty, in all honesty, I'm actually extremely proud of of the guests that we have managed to get and the episodes that we have managed to produce whenever we have had guests. And honestly, that also includes the cheaper scrapers episode, which I do think, Aku, like you know, all joking and shit talking aside. I think that episode would have sucked so much ass because of the film in question. If you would have, you know, joined us mm-hmm. d- during the recording, you know, and helped us to to store the funny stuff and the jokes because with cheaper creepers, what are you going to talk about? You're going to make jokes and talk about, you know, the director's criminal past and sentencing. Yeah. And that's it. So... You know, and that's what we did also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it, it would have been even more, like it would have sucked as an episode, yeah, if if we wouldn't have had the jokes, and that's where we actually needed you very much. Mm. So, thank you for, for that. And on top of that, you know, our, our, our success, I honestly do think, and, and this is once again self grandizing opinion from my end, I know. I think that we have, not in every single episode, but way more than once in in course of our podcast history, we have actually managed to have pretty good and pretty in-depth discussions on things surrounding cinema and, and the movies that we are covering. And we have managed to make pretty damn good, good, managed to gather pretty damn good insight into into the films that we are covering. So I do think that there are some real bangers in our catalog. Yeah. And and some actually really hard-to-hard good discussions. And I have to say that this list of guest thank yous is not complete. Something weird is happening uh, with the list of guests that I have, and there's people missing, like Matt from The Gods Must Be Crazy, thank you, and everyone else that I forgot. But most importantly me and yeah said me yeah. so like, like, like i said like i said you kind of saved the cheaper creeper episode honestly <laughs> well, i don't know about that i remember i was laying on my stomach and, and i think i heard it from the recording that i couldn't get my voice out as much as i wanted <laughs> but, but whatever still smashed it <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> like the content at the end of a day is always king. That the sound quality and everything mm. else is is production value. But you you can have all the production value you want. You can have all the money in your podcast uh, that you want, and the content can t- still be shit. Or you can be in a low end microphone in extremely hard hard recording space, but the content can still be gold. It's much more like with with stories and script writing in movies in podcasts the content is king yeah. and i'll be sure when i make millions i will never offer you money because you would never take it you want to keep this authentic and real <laughs> and uh I yeah you for that yeah you 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 <laughs> keep the money to yourself satan <laughs> <laughs> now uh now the bigger question is uh well, maybe we touched on that too, but future plans for the uh, podcast. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I think there's still some more avenues where we can take the podcast. And currently we've been exploring this thankful path of just kind of going back. Like we're going to bring Mint Volcano back to the podcast to just talk about their projects, uh, which could be really nice. And uh, I think we're going to talk about some more indie films going forward. That's what I would love to do and then to just bring the content. Sorry, no, no, let's, God forbid, let's not say content. Let's say, let's say bring these artists to the studio to talk about their, their work. Yeah, giving back might be the nicest thing that we have actually made to do with the podcast. Uh, outside of that, I, I don't know, like it. Kind of depends on how me and Kari are going to feel about, you know, counting in the podcast, you know, 200 episodes plus. If we ever, like, if it honestly starts to feel like that the two uh, two, uh, 200th episode will be some type of a closing mark for the podcast. We, we just feel that we don't have the drive anymore to push ourselves past the 200th episode. In that case, you know, I'm all for us. And I think we should, you know, just just do one extremely crazy thing. Still. Yeah. Somehow. Whatever it, whatever it is. Like pushing out the podcast on, on some completely new platform. Or, I don't know, taking, taking a distribution deal for weird... Hungarian porn, porn films or something like that, but you know, whatever the fle- heck, like, if, if it's like, if at some point it honestly starts to feel like and look like that we are end- entering the twilight episodes of this podcast and, and, and we are fairly certain that the end, that we are going to just close the doors. In that case, you know, let's just go crazy once more. See yeah. if that leads us into some place, and if we crash and burn, you know what? Then what? We were uh, clo- gonna close the doors, anyways. I totally agree with that, Henrik. That we should still take you th- through the thick forests of of gay porn and <laughs> Nazi documentaries, Nazi propaganda documentaries. We can combine the two of them. We can make hey, that Nazi documentary. Find some similarities in those. And also, I think you could take a play from the book of Cannibal Holocaust and just slaughter animals during your podcast. Oh, 
hey, why not? <laughs> we, we, we are still gonna close the doors, so you know, why might close yeah. them for good? <laughs> I've I've recorded the podcast once from a boat, ringing a rowboat, as Henrik said, whatever that means. Uh, and I think we should bring the the value of crazy back to the podcast for sure. I remember that like the first twenty episodes, there's some insane stuff going on there. So back to the roots. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps like like the next cannibal episode, we can actually try and taste human meat. Gonna munch on my own arm. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking hell, that's going to be like a YouTube placeholder image. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's about all my questions there. Uh, you got something to say? Got something to say? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's quite threatening. <laughs> <laughs> well, got something to fucking say? <laughs> <laughs> well... You can you can find us online, you know, if you didn't guess that. <laughs> For some reason, we we are still on these satanic platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. Also, we we actually could upload the the episode to Pornhub. Well, why shouldn't we? Like, it's it's a content platform. <laughs> Three guys fuck the listeners for two hours. <laughs> 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 that, that would be a breed. All right. Just throwing out ideas. Yeah. Any, any closing thoughts from your end or? <laughs> from my from my rear end, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, where's the fire? No, <laughs> no, it's been a fun ride. I've been part of two of those rides, <laughs> and um, it's been quite quite fun both the times. And uh, I I do think <laughs> listening to your podcast, <laughs> at least lying that I do, uh, <laughs> it it doesn't feel like. Uh, like uh like like it's something that everything uh, everybody else is doing there is something more to it than just recycling you know same old shit and i think it might be the uh Finishness. the amount of <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the alcohol <laughs> the nazi jokes uh also maybe the the amount of uh background work that goes into it it's not a uh, I don't think it blends into the mass, but just that many people haven't just found it yet. There's just so so many, there are so so many uh, to choose from. So it's hard to compete, even if you are somehow different for, from uh, everybody else. It's still hard to compete, sort of say. Right. Yeah. I I, I think there's some kind of a, a down-to-earth nature about our podcast that you don't really find all the time. Something where we just, uh, you know, we don't, we say it how it is while still staying res- respectful about it, I believe. As long as you can, you know, uh, ride our sense of humor. 
Yeah, respectful is a strong word, but something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do think it's it's a it's a good project. Project, and we still have a uh, 24 episodes to figure this shit out before we go. We before you go out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, to be as contradictory as possible, I will just say, I will just say, if we get like. If we get like one thousand dollars a month from our Patreon page, yeah, I, I'm I'm game. Let's continue the podcast. Mm, I don't know if I can pay you that much, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe half. <laughs> so yeah, keep that in mind, dear listeners. <laughs> yeah, mom. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not gonna come from mom's pocket for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Keep it going for at least twenty-four episodes. Yeah, or twenty-four minutes more. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. But this was a great hour-long show once again. Over two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, yeah, we're gonna discuss Mint Volcano with our friends Nick Fakey and Luke Liu. These are Taiwanese-based film production company, and they also have a YouTube channel where they do movie reviews related to Taiwanese cinema and largely a bit touching on Asian cinema. So yeah, that's what's up next. Actually, looking forward to that discussion, because they are great guys. Absolutely. Hey, if you made it this far, thank you for joining us. And I'll see you with Henrik and Luke Liu and Nick Vakey in a fortnight. Oh, until then. Vatsakesta ton kovempia huumausaineita. Ei, ei se mitään, se on ihan hyvä. Kah- kahvi on portti huumassa, johtaa kovempia aineita. <tos> no, huomenna maistuukin jo crack kokaiinista. <tos> 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 maitolla tästä se lähti, Sitten ja tiedä kun loppuu. Noin. Sitten tuolta käynnistyy varmaankin. No okei. Okay. Yes. Joo, yeah. joudut hapahtaa englantiin ihan just. Okei, okay, yeah, so that was the theme music. Joo. Yeah.
Welcome, yeah. welcome yeah. to Flip Lab episode one. Um, I'm Karjan. The, the, the one we start, start off apparently pretty straightly just stealing the sound landscape from Blade Runner. Did I? <laughs> Actually... In a world with thousands of movie podcasts, there can be only one with these particular hosts, with these analysis, rigorously accurate, brutally honest, this summer, the Flick Lab, the all-new podcast, starting August 14th. <laughs>